three-week series where we are looking at uh, what we've called PCCID. Uh, over the next three weeks, it's our desire to, to share with you uh, the mission and the vision for PCC and dive into how we are going to seek to fulfill our purpose and our mission uh, through following where God is leading us here uh, in our efforts. Uh, I'll be sharing some background uh, about PCC and some history about how and why and all these things. And some of you know this information, some of you do not. Um, but we're going to be sharing uh, not only the history of it, but what we believe and how those beliefs directly influence and impact what we seek to do and what we seek to accomplish. We'll also be talking about what it means to become a member uh, here at PCC and uh, uh, give you an opportunity to seek uh, out answers to your questions or to share any ideas that you have along the way. We're going to do that in, in a couple of different formats. Not only is that an open thing that we do, we encourage you to ask questions and, and to get your questions answered and to engage in the process, uh, but we're going to have our annual congregational meeting on the 28th of this month in just a couple of weeks, and we're going to do that during the service. Uh, we'll have uh, a time where we're going to share some of that information, and then after the service as well, if you desire additional information, we're going to be meeting in the Turtle Cove room uh, to talk about a few more things and spend uh, some additional time together following the, the worship service on Sunday the 28th. So uh, make plans now to, to attend that. Um, this is a different approach to the time that, that I usually spend. And, and while it is, uh, it, one of the primary reasons we're doing that is because as we seek to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ, uh, we believe it's important for everyone to be on the same page, for everyone to be able to, to know what is going on, for everyone uh, to know what we're seeking to accomplish and what we're striving to do. And, and we want to invite everyone to engage in that process. And it, it, that includes everyone from maybe you're not even sure what you believe or if you believe, or maybe you've been a believer what feels like your entire life and, and you're growing and active and, and growing in your faith. We want everyone to know what it means to, to seek out the Lord to accomplish His mission here in this place. And so as we jump into our topic and our title this morning, I want to read one verse of Scripture from the Gospel of John. And I'm, it's a verse I'm going to refer to uh, later uh, on this morning. But I wanted to give a little bit of background now to the text, so hopefully it'll make the text uh, just come more alive and have more of an impact later. Jesus is in conversation with the Pharisees, who are the religious leaders and teachers of the law. And they are not happy with what Jesus is doing. They're not happy how Jesus is teaching people and healing people and accepting people. They wanted Jesus to just continue to do things the way that they'd always been doing them, not to rock the boat and make sure that what they had built was secure. And Jesus is trying to reveal to them the heart of God. He's trying to show them who God truly is, even if they were unwilling or unable to see it or to accept it. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, the apostle records for us the words of Jesus. Jesus said, The thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. All throughout his ministry, in story after story after story, we see Jesus investing in people. He meets them right where they are. He meets their needs. He, he taught them truth. He demonstrated love. It's, that's what we are to be as well. That is the mark of his church. Acceptance, compassion, a willingness to speak truth in all things, and in all things demonstrate love. And as we and as such, as we look at the life of Jesus, we allow his life to speak into our focus, to speak into our priorities as a church, so that all we do bring him glory and honor. One of the interesting things about PCC that has struck me over the years is 
the ability that this body of believers, this community, this location at least, has to, to uh, make people from a variety of different backgrounds, uh, different uh, social, racial, economic, and religious backgrounds, all kind of feel as one, right? We kind of meld together here. I've always said we are the island of misfit toys here in this building, right? We all just, we're all messed up just enough that it works, right? And it's just kind of an interesting thing that has, cre- has been created here. And it's a beautiful thing that we can be so different and yet we share one thing in common. We share Jesus. We share our love for him. As you're probably aware, here in, in central Jersey and eastern Pennsylvania, there are a large number of people who, who confess uh, a, a, a religious belief, and yet they've chosen for one reason or another not to live out their faith. And because of this, the need to provide an opportunity for people who'd become disenfranchised with church or religion, that was one of the major driving factors of the establishment of PCC back in the early 1990s. PCC began as a dream of the Orchard Group, which is a church planning organization that was based on Long Island and is currently headquartered in Manhattan. With the backing and the support of the Orchard Group, which was called Go You Chapel at the time, and the sacrificial giving of over 200 churches throughout the country, this dream became a reality, and PCC was among one of the first church plants of the Orchard Group in the Northeast. And while it's never actually been located in Princeton, right, PCC was given its name, Princeton Community Church, originally with the intent of being a church for everyone in the region, a region where, uh, and a church where all people, regardless of their location, would feel as though they were welcome to attend. It was also called a community church to appeal to those with both religious and non-religious backgrounds. Even before the first Sunday gathering of PCC, the mission was to share Jesus. And it's that message, or that mission to, to share Jesus has been redefined over the years and how it's worded, but for a long time it's been to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. Have you heard that before? That's the fourth time I've said it. I've heard you've got to say something at least seven times for somebody to get it, so you've got three more. They're coming, right? We're going to strive in what we do as we talk about to do that very thing. That was the catalyst that drove 400 people to show up in December of 1992 for the very first service at West Windsor Plainsboro High School South, which was the first home of PCC. And Chris and Nancy Pullen, who are, I saw them moments ago, are over here, they were at that service. So if you have any questions about what's happened, talk to Chris and Nancy. Talk to Nancy. I'm not sure Chris can. What's that? Oh, all these years, Chris, I thought you were there and you weren't, but it's a, it's a second one. Okay. Anyway, the Pullins have been there since, been at this church since it was planted, since day one of that. Um, in, in 1996, PCC moved to this current site where it merged with Cornerstone Church. In its brief history, uh, this church has been served by several quality pastors and support staff. Uh, When I arrived here in March of 2007, my family and I felt that God was directing us here. It was clear to us, and it still remains clear to us today, that that God is going to move through the people here at PCC, and and he created then and continues to create a desire for us to be a part of what God is doing. It's one of the things that we said, we don't want to miss out on what God's going to do. 
And so that's one of the main reasons we uh, chose to be a part of this. In, in my time here, I've had the, the great opportunity to serve with many gifted and talented people, not only on the staff, but those uh, various members of the leadership team, ministry leaders, small group leaders, interns, volunteers, and countless numbers of people, many of you who have sought to love and to grow and build this community of believers. You've given your time and your resources and, and your passion and your heart into helping people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. It's a time leading up to when I came, PCC had some, some major struggles that it was going through, and it challenged many people. It challenged them to, to serve. It challenged them to grow in their spiritual faith and, and their life and in unity. For the first several years I was here, we, we went through some kind of painful times, right? Some growing pains, some difficult things, and yet they were necessary steps toward health and stability, and as a result, God granted that to us. He gave us healing, gave us stability, gave us trust, and gave us a vision for the future. Over the past few years, we, we've kind of felt God leading us to, to reevaluate who we are and, and where we're going. And so in an effort to honor God with not only our, our individual lives, but as a body of believers, we've been investing time into seeking how the Lord is going to guide us through this next chapter in the life of PCC. And through this process, we've had a sense of God calling us to redefine, or, or maybe a better way to say that, or a more accurate way to say that, is to refocus our mission and our vision. Because while the overall mission of helping people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ has not changed, the way we seek to accomplish that can be and even should be changed or altered or modified so that it can be the most effective that it possibly can be so that we can impact the kingdom. PCC has always been a place where people can find insight into making life work. Why? Because we speak through the scriptures. We allow the scriptures to speak, and, and that gives us insight into our families and in our finances, our careers and relationships in every area of our lives. The message of Jesus and his love for us is a key component to us finding a fulfilling life. Being a believer is more than just an hour or so on a Sunday morning once a week. It's a daily growing relationship with God. It's a growing relationship through Christ that begins now and blends into eternity. And as a church, we have the opportunity to engage with people to provide opportunities for that growth to occur. And as we reflect on where we've been kind of as a church and what's happened, and we look forward to where we are going as well, it's important to us in that process to, as a body of believers, to understand what we uh, can clearly articulate a, a couple of things. What we believe, what our mission is, that is our purpose for existing as a church, and our vision. What are the values on which we will focus to accomplish our mission? But before we jump into that, there's, there's something that, that I really want you to hear and, and understand, that this is not a fully formed, pre-packaged, take-it-or-leave-it, prescriptive type of, of presentation, okay? Uh, this is not the type of thing where if you dot your I's and cross your T's that everything is going to work out perfectly and it's going to be, you know, green light, 72 degrees, sunny, and, and just beautiful all the time. It, it just doesn't work that way. There is no foolproof program where you can declare if you do A, B, C, you're going to get X, Y, Z. There's no one right answer. It just doesn't work that way. Instead, what we are striving to do is by design somewhat abstract. And the reason we do that is because we don't want to limit what this looks like. We, we don't hold all the answers. You already know that, but I think it's important for you to know that we know that too, right? 
We do not have all the answers to all of this. We're not the ones who are ultimately leading this body of believers. We believe that God has been, is, and will continue to move and work through this body of believers. We, we believe that, that God is working in the lives of individuals and in believers, and that's why PCC has experienced past success. That's why we can have success, and that's why we can look forward to success in the future, because we are trusting and relying on God, not upon ourselves. We see this in the scriptures. We see that the scriptures, God has given each of us different spiritual gifts and abilities. And as a body of believers, we are all needed together to to use those gifts and to use those talents and, and to use those abilities to accomplish that which God is calling us to do, that which he has set before us, that which he is directing us to do. We believe that in order for PCC to make a difference and have a greater impact in fulfilling our mission, that we need to compass, we need to, cast a compelling vision while providing opportunities for people to engage in the process. So as such, we desire for you to think about how you can utilize your time and your talents and your resources to leverage what we have right before us, right where we are, to help fulfill the mission and to seek out and engage new opportunities so as not to limit the potential that we have to impact the kingdom. So for the remainder of this series, I'm going to walk through a few things today, but for the remainder of this series, and every day from this point forward, it is our desire that you will be three things. Number one, inspired to commit to being a part of what PCC is is doing and what's going on here. Not coerced, not guilted, inspired to be a part of it. That you will be encouraged to find your role in serving and how God is leading you, and you will desire to tell other people about what God is doing in your life and in the life of this body of believers. That is what, that which we believe, the mission that is shared, the vision to fulfill that mission, uh, the things that we're going to talk about today and, and for the next two weeks, it's going to be somewhat obvious, okay? I don't think you're ever going to go, wow, I never thought about it that way before, right? This should be somewhat obvious. It should be what, we, what we're working toward and what we're doing. And yet, it's going to help speak into our focus and our direction. Because if we do not clearly articulate all that we strive to accomplish together, then it's not, it fails to have the impact that it could have as we are leading through this together, as we're walking through this together. As a church, our mission is, you ready? To help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. Would you just say that with me? To help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. And as we think about that, I just want you to imagine with me a picture of maybe what you see here and maybe what could be as well, but a, a vibrant and diverse gathering of people who are allowing the gospel message of Jesus Christ through the power and the working of the Holy Spirit to permeate every area of their lives. This is a gathering where transformational relationships with the Lord and with each other are constantly being developed. Imagine with me a gathering where truth is spoken in love resulting in genuine life change. Imagine with me that as all of that is happening, the people that are not here, the people on what we would, would be considered the outsider, the, those that are searching, those that they would be impacted by the love that's demonstrated by those who are being transformed. Imagine with me what could be as we surrender to the Lord. You see, I believe that It's not only possible, it's what we have been called to do. It's what we've been led to do. And and we believe that because 
of who God is. We believe that, that there is one true God. He's the creator of heaven and earth who eternally exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and we take that from the Scriptures there in, in John and in Peter and in Matthew. We believe that Jesus was God's one and only Son, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, and demonstrated his love for us. Then he willingly died on the cross for our sins. He was bodily raised from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. We believe that Jesus will return to earth and will initiate the consummation of human history. We believe that the Holy Spirit completes the Trinity with God the Father and Jesus the Son. The Holy Spirit gives us power in our life as a believer to overcome sin, to provide insight into Scripture, and to give us direction for life. Through the Holy Spirit, each person is given certain gifts to use in their service for the kingdom. We believe that the scriptures were given to us so that they could provide instructions for how we are uh, to live and how, what we are to believe and, and the teachings from the prophets and the apostles and from Jesus that are contained in the scriptures are useful for teaching and preaching and, and training in our faith. We believe it's applicable to our daily life and it shares God's story of love and redemption for all people through Jesus. We believe that our purpose is to have a relationship with God and with each other, that through our sin, we've been separated from God, and yet we've been invited back into a relationship with God, and we have been invited to place our faith in Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Those accepting Christ in faith are encouraged to repent of their sins, to confess their faith in Him, and to be baptized by immersion. Uh, scripture teaches us that all who place their faith in Jesus will receive forgiveness of their sins and the free gift of eternal life. And there's scriptures there that, that speak into that. Uh, we believe that all of us have direct access to God. And this is important. As believers, we are all a part of God's royal priesthood, and we have all been called to serve. We encourage every believer to identify his or her spiritual gifts and passions to find an exciting and fulfilling place to use those gifts in service to the Lord, whether that's inside the ministries that we offer here at PCC or outside of the ministries, to use that which God has given you to use it for his glory and for his honor. And because of those beliefs, we are compelled to fulfill our mission. And again, I read to you the words of Jesus from John 10.10 10, when he said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And through his life and his death and resurrection, Jesus offers us that full life, which speaks into and informs our purpose as a church, which is to... Help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. So you're getting there, right? You, you see the point? We want to help people. There's so much packed into this one statement, right? Helping people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ that, that we just need to unpack for just a minute. We want to help people. We were never designed to go through this life on our own. We just weren't. We need each other. If you stop and think about it, we live in an isolated society. You can isolate yourself from the rest of the world if you so desire. We each have our own home. We drive in our own cars. We go through the self-checkout lane so we don't have to interact with anybody. We have our own playlist. We listen to that through our own headphones so that we can ignore, again, the outside world. We text instead of talk. We post instead of actually sharing anything. Now more than ever, we need each other. We need to help each other. We need to help each other with what we ultimately need, and that's to discover and experience. Discover and experience Jesus, right? 
We need to discover and experience him. It's not simply enough for someone to discover Jesus, to simply have a knowledge of him, to believe that he exists or an understanding of who he is. We desire for people to also to experience him. Think about this. If you are thirsty, some of you just took a drink. That was kind of one of those cool things. You're, you know, you've got your coffee and drinks. And as I said, if you're thirsty, right, it's not just enough to have water, Right? It's not just enough to know about water and to know what it can do for you. If you're thirsty, you must actually take a drink. You must experience it, taste it. Then it can begin to have an effect on your life. The same is true with Jesus. We desire for people to not only discover him, but also to experience him. To experience his life-changing love, the life-changing love of Christ. Once someone discovers Jesus and experiences him in their life, their lives are never the same. Never. Transformational life change occurs when we give our life through the love of Christ to God. A love demonstrated by Jesus through his life, through his words, and through his actions. Through the life and the love of Jesus. We have this vision to fulfill our mission, our purpose. And I'm going to introduce this to you. I'm just going to, going to touch on it this morning. And then beginning next Sunday, we're going to dive uh, deeper into this. And again, on the 28th, we're going to continue diving into what it really means uh, for us to look at this refocused vision for PCC as we continue through this PCC ID series. Here is where our focus is and will be. I say it like this. It's taking the life of Jesus as a pattern for life. We receive the gospel message of Jesus as a model for this community. And as such, we worship and glorify God as we, three things, we prioritize being together, we hear and respond to the word of God, and we are a tangible presence of grace in our communities and our world. Anybody surprised by those? No. Are we doing those? That's where we're going to dive in, and that's what we're going to look at, and that's where we're going to be challenged. Because in these things, we are going to, these three values, we are going to seek community, we're going to seek growth, and we're going to seek engagement with God, as well as engagement with each other. And that is what we will explore in more detail over, over the next couple of weeks, as we seek to fulfill our purpose. So as we prepare for that, as we think about what it means uh, to fulfill our purpose and our mission and our vision, uh, I just want to, to invite you to think about this. What do you want to see happen in the life of this community of believers and in your life? What is it that you want to see happen here? What is it that you desire? What, what is your vision? What are your dreams? What are your goals? What are your thoughts? And I want to give you just a second to think about that. As you picture what a church looks like, what a church is doing, I ask you this question. In your vision and in your dreams and in your desires, what does that cost you? When you think about what you want a church to be and what you want a church to do, what does that cost you? And the reason I ask you to consider that what the cost is, is because you know as well as I do that when things are valuable, when things are important, when things that we treat with, with special attention and care, they usually cost you something. 
it usually requires an investment on your part. Too often, if something is, is too difficult or if it challenges us or if it's uncomfortable, if we just don't like it, especially when it comes to our faith and our relationship with God and the inner workings of a church, we don't want to do it because it's just too much work, it takes too much effort, and it's not of interest to us. One of the things that we strive to do is to lovingly step on your toes, right? To lovingly kind of kick you out of your comfort zone. And not kick, that's too strong. Nudge, right? To nudge you out of your comfort zone. To nudge us out of our comfort zone because we know from experience and we know from seeing it in the lives of, of others that growth, both in our individual life and as a body of believers, it often is not without some pain or discomfort. It often is not always the things that we like. And, and here's the thing, and this is so true regardless of how you engage or what you decide to do. If you don't want to invest your time and your talents or your resources, if you don't want to invest your attention or your prayers or your concerns or invest with your passions in your life, you can continue doing what you're doing and you're probably going to be just fine. But maybe, just maybe, maybe there can be something more. Something more that results in living that life to the full that, that Jesus offers to us. Something more that you have to offer. Something more that will have a profound impact on your life. And you will not simply be changed and do things in a different way. You will be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life and through your life. Something that will make an impact for the kingdom and will encourage people to discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ in their own life because you're experiencing it in your life. Something that will cause you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And it's not going to take place just because we buckle down and try harder. It's going to take place because we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, and we allow God to lead us as we love Him and as we love each other. That's what we are called to do. That's, that's the heart and the passion of what we're striving to do as a body of believers, as the leaders of this body of believers. It's what we desire, and we're asking you to consider what it looks like, your hopes and your dreams, and what it will cost you to see God's purposes fulfilled in your life, in the lives of others, so that we can impact the kingdom, not so PCC can be great and we can go, oh, look at us, but so that God can be glorified, so that his kingdom can grow so that people can come into a saving relationship with him. That's our desire and our passion and our heart. It's what drives what we say and what we do. It's something that we are reminded of each and every week. We are reminded of why we do what we do when we stop and we consider what Jesus has done for us and how he demonstrated his love for us. One of the ways we do that in a tangible way is through communion. I'm going to invite those who are going to pass the communion trays to, to make their way to the back as we think about what it costs Jesus to give us the relationship that he desires for us to have. He, he willingly gave of his life for us so that we could walk in a relationship with him and with each other. And so in, in just a few moments as the ushers pass the trays, they're going to pass a tray that contains bread which represents Jesus' body. And juice, which represents Jesus' blood. And, and we're going to do something a little different this morning. I'm going to invite you to take the, the bread and the juice and just to hold on to them. And as we, as we worship and, and spend just a little bit of time together reflecting on what Jesus has done for us, 
you hold those together, and then I will come up and I'll lead us through participating in communion together. And as one, as a body of believers, we will take of the bread together. We will take of the juice together in a way that we worship Him through celebrating His sacrifice for us. And so I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask uh, the ushers to to come forward and, and to pass out the trays. You hold on to them, and together we'll participate in communion together. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank You that Your Word has been given to us God, we thank you that you've sent your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your willingness to come to earth on our behalf to to reveal God to us, to to give us hope and and life and life to the full. God, as we come to this moment, as we participate in in what you instituted, Jesus, we, we thank you that you took common elements, bread and juice, and said, take and eat and remember and celebrate what I've done for you. And in the same way, Father, you take common people and you say, I want to work through you and I want your life to be a light to the world. So, Father, may we consider that this morning as we worship you, as we participate in communion, as we we invest in each other. We thank you, Father. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.